1946, Eloise and Richard Weber started the Hudson Weber Foundation with a major contribution. Other members of the family and the J.L. Hudson Company also made significant donations to this foundation. And over the years, this foundation has contributed more than $200 million to a variety of different organizations to improve the quality of life in Detroit. Malenka Clark, outgoing president and CEO of the Hudson Weber Foundation, is here with us now to talk about an interesting new report that reveals the impact of this impressive foundation. Malenka, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Anne. So let's talk a little bit about this impact report. What did it take a look at, and what are the results? Sure, sure. So, um, And thanks for, for outlining some of the story to history of the foundation. So this report is taking a, a, a point of view, a snapshot in time of the last six years of our activities. And the reason it's looking at that interval is that is when in 2017 we launched a new strategy. So it's a reflection and look back um, on our recent history in the city and, and where our investments have landed. And did you look at different areas? I know the mission of the foundation is arts and culture, built environment, community and economic development, safe and just communities. Did you go through the four pillars of the mission to talk a little bit about its impact on each pillar? We we did. We did. We looked holistically at the foundation's work, which included, of course, all of those four areas. So it's a, you know, we have a broad portfolio, although laser focused on the city of Detroit. Um, but we also wanted to be thoughtful, you know, looking at our grant making activities and our initiatives. But we also, a component of it was to um, have interviews. We had a third-party consultant talk to our grantee partners and stakeholders, folks that we're not funding, um, or other folks in the community that that care about our same um, shared objectives um, that might have reflections on the way that the foundation has operated in our city. And how has the foundation impacted? Let's start with arts and culture. Sure, yeah. So, um, so one of the things that, you know, we have been, uh, as you said, we have a long history in the city. And in fact, I, I would say um, when the family was making their initial investments, it really started with their support for the arts, with mm-hmm. the Detroit Institute of the Arts and, and the um, symphony, which, of course, have uh, long histories in our city. Um, what we did in 2017 to fast forward is really um, thinking about how can we, with our investment, make sure that we're reaching um, deep into our community. And and part of that um, was being intentional about supporting BIPOC or Black, Indigenous, People of Color-led organizations that are um, here in our community, reflecting back to them the rich culture of our community. Um, and so we... Um, entered into uh, a a funders collaborative called the Detroit Arts Support Program, um, which is started by the Kresge and Herb Foundations. And it's a shared platform, so we don't make investment decisions along with those funders. We make our own decisions, but it's a shared platform that makes it easier for arts grantees to apply for funding. It's a uniform application. And then the foundations between us, and there are several now that participate, um, share due diligence, culture sources, and intermediary organization that helps with that. So it's really a win-win. 
but through that um, support and platform, we were really able to deepen and broaden our investments across the city, and we're really proud of the results um, in that we've got 76% of our, of our arts grantees are people of color-led organizations. The other thing that's really interesting here is how you have impacted the environment and economic development here in the city of Detroit. And that is so important, as you know, for the future of the city. Can you discuss that? Absolutely. Um, And we've got, uh, you know, diverse investments, but, but maybe I'll focus for one on just our work around housing And so we've uh, supported um, the housing ecosystem in a number of ways. Um, One is through our intermediary partners like LISC and Invest Detroit that have supported different funds, um, the Housing for the Future Fund and LISC, you know, that that LISC supports and the Strategic Neighborhood Fund that Invest Detroit supports to drive investment into neighborhoods in particular. Um, to support housing and investor choice case, it supports many things, but certainly the development of housing is, is one of those pieces. Another aspect of that is really to um, help uh, stakeholders come together to um, address the tax foreclosure crisis mm-hmm. that hit our city so hard after the housing foreclosure crisis. And there's just been um, so much activity and energy on, on behalf of our partners and the city um, and and many stakeholders that are trying to make it easier for folks that were unfairly assessed. Um, Many folks own their houses outright, and so really all they're um, having to deal with is the tax assessment on their property, but that's been challenging for for folks that are, um, you know, despite having that asset in their families, sometimes for generations, are unable to make those tax payments and, you know, have the added insult that often that, that assessment has been incorrect in terms of the value of that property. And so we've been doing a number of things in that space, um, you know, uh, supporting uh, uh, UCHC, which is a terrific nonprofit that actually helps folks stay in their home, make their payments and also provide pathways to home ownership for folks that are renting in homes that are um, in properties that are about to be foreclosed upon because of tax payments, um, but also convening stakeholders, which is another important role that philanthropy can play um, in terms of bringing people together to put their great minds together around what solutions can look like. So is the philosophy behind helping with housing and taxing issues that people really do in order to be successful and climb out of poverty, they need a place to live, and they can't be in tremendous debt. Yeah, it's a frontline issue, of course. You know, it's a cornerstone of family stability. Um, And we have a long history. Our topography, I would say, in Detroit is is somewhat unique in terms of the number of single-family homes that we have in our community. Um, And so if you have something, you know, it's almost a cancer, I would call the the tax foreclosure crisis that has such a profound impact. Um, You know, I think that that so many of us here in the city have just tried to think through how can we help, because as you're noting, it it is a cornerstone. It helps build wealth, um, but it's also stability, a a place um, that folks, even as they look for jobs, you know, you often when you apply, you need an address to point to just to, um, to even just come into the system. Exactly. Um, so it's it's certainly a, a, 
a important place for for family well-being. The other thing that I think is so important that the Hudson Weber Foundation is part of is working on safe and just communities. That's an issue here in Detroit, not in every community, but there are still some parts of the city that do have safety issues. Can you talk a little bit about that and the impact that you've made with regard to safety? Sure, sure. And I'd I'd say, you know, there are multiple um, complexities to what we call our safe and just community portfolio. And one of the things to note, um, which is an important um, is sort of a guiding <laughs> guiding um, principle for us is to address racial disparities um, and structural barriers to opportunity. And we do see, you know, the flip side of um, we, we care deeply about um, safety and, and lowering crime, but also how do communities, cities, municipalities, counties respond to that crime? And we have a long history in our city, it's actually not unique to Detroit, but across our country, of using the tool of incarceration, jailing, um, which is a um, it's a response to crime, but it's not one that uh, is necessarily going to um, provide enduring safety for communities. Because often, what you're doing is, and in our country in particular, because our incarceral um, policies have have targeted African Americans that get disproportionately in our system. And even when you can control for um, for commitment of crime, you can see um, African Americans in particular over-indexed for you know jailed as opposed to put on bail. Sentences look different, um, and certainly just our you know where the Michigan has the tenth largest population incarcerated, and when mm-hmm. you incarcerate folks, their families are impacted, and it's a vicious cycle. So um, so I've added a piece to your question about safety, but we say safe and just communities because we're looking at both ends, the supply side and what are innovative approaches to reducing crime. And we're looking, we support community violence intervention on that piece. We also support community policing and, and started an initiative with, with a community foundation for Southeast Michigan to support strategies that really lean into collaboration with community. We also started, spearheaded the Michigan Justice Fund, which also lives at the Community Foundation for Southeast Michigan, and it's a statewide fund that addresses issues of mass incarceration by um, investing in um, programs and organizations that support folks that have criminal records to achieve success and economic mobility, which again is another intervention that stops, you know, vicious cycles, but also addresses head-on the issue of mass incarceration and interrogating policies um, with some success, like the pretrial reforms that were so significant in the state that really looked at who we're putting in our jails and whether that's the best place for folks that are, you know, low-level offenders and the like. Malenka Clark, the outgoing president and CEO of the Hudson Weber Foundation, you are doing such important work. Thank you so much for the time today. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm Ann Thomas. Thank you for listening to Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.